front, party in the back, podcast. podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Lauren. And it's so funny because you go podcast, like it's like a question whether or not it's well, a podcast. I was, well, not so much. I was sort of looking at your video because you're turning it on and off. Lauren's still having a few issues with yeah. her uh, internet yeah. there. And so she was turning the video on and off. So it was like black. And then it was like, it was like fading back to seeing you. And I was like, oh, podcast. <laughs> I was waiting to see if it was going to like freeze. It's been freezing. Oh, right. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's a little bit Big uncertain. Reveal. A little bit uncertain. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Today, the episode is brought to you by my business. And uh, I kind of alluded to it last week, actually, when we were talking just about how I'm kind of in this interesting period where I'm pivoting a lot of the things that I'm doing. I'm trying to look at uh, what I want to do, what's working well. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that on the next episode. Uh, but I'm going to change things up today. So today's episode is actually brought to you by the Afterlight Podcast with me, your host, Lauren Grace. So oh, if you are interested in listening to another podcast on top of the brilliance that Michelle and I have going on here, then please do check out the Afterlight. That's after light, all one word. It's a spiritual podcast. The whole focus of the podcast is to remind you essentially that you are not alone. There are a variety of guests on there, everything from mediums to psychics to shamans to um, light workers and manifestation experts to uh, quantum hypnotherapists, past life regressionists and more. It's absolutely an incredible abundance of content and inspiration. And one of the things that you'll be able to find on that show as well are a whole bunch of mini episodes. So if there's some kind of a practice, like an automatic writing technique practice, or a mini meditation for cleansing, or a guided meditation for healing stress and worry, um, you know, anything about connecting with your archangels, you know, things like that. It's all on there and uh, you don't have to connect or commit to the entire hour, although I do recommend it. You can get little bits and pieces on that show. So definitely go and check it out. All the links for that are in the show notes. So Michelle, mm-hmm. how has your week been, my girl? I have so much to say that I well, feel like you need to go first. Have we mentioned the theme? Did we talk about the theme? Oh yeah, no, we didn't talk about the theme. Good one. Oh. So, so the um, theme today yes. is. Go ahead. You go ahead if you want. No, it's it's your it's your idea, so you can uh, you can cover that if you like. Okay, so today's theme is called comparisons. Can they help or hinder? One of the reasons why I thought that we could talk about this theme is because comparison comparing is something that we all do. I think we do it subconsciously or consciously, and sometimes it can actually help or hinder us. Uh, I know that we've talked in a previous episode before when Michelle was giving some really good examples of how it can help you. And today we're going to explore those concepts again. And we're also going to talk about how comparisons can hinder you and ways to sort of stop doing that, to avoid doing that essentially. I also want to just acknowledge to the listener at home that I am in my office again. I know my audio is a little bit echoey. I'm sorry. I really hope that you can get over it. Um, it is so cold where I live that I have the burner on in my office, a hot water bottle on my lap and a coffee in my hand. So I hope that you can bear with me until I figure out other arrangements because me chattering away in the episode is probably not 
going to be much better than uh, a little bit of echo um, behind my vocal. <laughs> it's a shame Gav's not home because we could have got a nice photograph to use for socials, Lauren, of you with your uh, hot water bottle and <laughs> <That's true. laughs> everything else, everything else. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, what's happening? Uh, well, Lauren, there's been a lot going on. And since we last spoke, uh, I had a funeral. So when we spoke last time, I had a funeral to go to after our reading. Uh, sorry, after our podcast in the morning, I went to my uncle Trevor's funeral. So that's my mum's brother. And I'm not trying to be a downer here, but it was very interesting because I haven't actually had to do a funeral before and then uh, go to do a reading afterwards. So I had a reading booked in after I finished. So I thought, oh, I wonder how this will go. I don't know. And I hadn't really sensed my uncle around during the week, you know, after he died or anything like that. But I got in and I was doing this reading and I sort of, I do a little prayer before I start and I looked up into the spirit world and there was a guy up there making pizza and I was like, Oh, um, okay. There was like dough and this flour flying around and I'm like looking and I'm going, yeah, that's definitely pizza. Cause I used to work at pizza hut and I had a few memories of pizza hut coming up and, um, the apple concentrate going into the pizza that I use in my particular dough that I make. And interestingly, my godmother, um, who was my uncle's daughter, she actually raised the fact that she had seen me at Pizza Hut a few years ago. She was like, remember that time I came to Pizza Hut and I didn't recognize you and you recognized me. And I was like, ha ha ha, that's so funny. So there's a lot of pizza references. So I'm going and there was one in the eulogy as well, quite a few in the eulogy. And so I was sitting there and I'm looking at this guy making pizza and I'm like, mm, okay. So I mentioned it to the lady I'm reading for and she's going, mm, that doesn't make sense to me. No, I don't really understand that. And I was like, okay. So then someone's coming to the room and a male and I'm going, okay, so there's like something going on with the headspace. Um, it can be a brain injury, can be dementia, can be mental health. And she goes, well, my dad, who she'd wanted to speak to had an acquired brain injury. And I said, okay, good. And I said, uh, and I'm getting like a real sickness in my belly, which can be like a cancer reference, but I've got cancer head, cancer head. And she goes, no, I didn't have cancer. He didn't have anything in his belly. It was um, the acquired brain injury. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went through and then I'm going fishing and boat, fishing and boat, I'm in a boat. Now in the eulogy, it had been discussed that my uncle was a very keen fisherman and he managed to catch a barramundi that was over a meter long. The pizza reference was Sunday night pizza. Um, they always did Sunday night pizza as a family and all his kids would come over and all of that. So I'm sitting here and I went, look, I think my uncle's here. I know your dad's here because I've got the head. There was a person with head reference separate and there was a person with the head and the stomach, which was he had brain cancer. My uncle had brain cancer. So that made sense as well. So I said, look, I'm just going to ask him to step to one side, put him to one side. So we went on, we did the whole reading. She was really happy. And then I had a mentorship client come in. She's a medium. She sat down and she said, um, and I'll get a photo to show Lauren. She sat down and she said, oh, who's the guy with the um, cap on his head? And he's in a boat and he's fishing. Um, what does that mean? And I said, well, um, <laughs> I've just been to a funeral today, as you know. And my uncle um, looks like A, B and C. He's got the cap on because my pop always wore a cap on his head as well. So it was the cap was very similar to what my pop used to wear. Um, I'm sure I had the photo in here somewhere. And, um, you know, and so I showed her the picture and she went, oh my God, that's him. And I said, yeah, and he caught a meter barramundi. He was very proud of it. So everyone that he came through to, he was showing them his um, beautiful fish that he caught. And uh, so it went on and on, Lauren, and I had more mentorship that evening. So I booked in lots and lots of mentorship that day. And every mentorship client I had, I can't find the photo, every mentorship client I had um, all brought up my uncle, all of them, because we were doing mediumship. It just so happened that I was teaching mediumship that week. 
So everyone's going, oh, amazing guy with the cap and amazing. the, you know, someone's my grandma, his mum, and someone's my grandpa, which was his dad. His mum had asked me, look, oh if, if anything comes through, I want to know if he's with our parents. And so he showed me, well, not me, he showed my clients. My clients were describing my grandma, my grandpa. So that was really good confirmation. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing because that's a first for me. So I haven't had an experience like that before. Uh, and he hung around for the entire evening and loved it. And then uh, he was on his way. Now, um, it can be difficult sometimes to separate. Now, I did, Lauren, after you and I connected last week, no, on the Saturday, the following day, uh, I read for the lady I referred to as a scary lady. She's no longer the scary lady. She was one that shouted at me after 10 minutes and was like, oh, no, I'm out, I'm out. You know, I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, oh, she yeah. rebooked, oh, yeah, rebooked and I had a come yeah. up on Saturday. Now, I, the day before, I was very nervous on the Friday and I said to Spirit, look, what do I need to do here? How do I deal with this? And they told me to uh, do a bit of a download first. So what I did was I tuned into her remotely, um, which I do pretty frequently, did a massive download of information, wrote it all down. Um, and that's through her higher self. So it's not really cheating or anything, but it's through her higher self. She's agreed to have a reading with me. So I did that, did a download. And then the next day, Spirit said, go and sit in the sun. And I don't normally read outdoors because I'm like, oh, I'm in my room and Spirit comes in here and the Sender Monsters come in here, like on my left and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I can't go outside. Anyway, I was, I was told to go outside. So I was like, all right. And so I went outside, sat in the sun, dragged all my cards out, dragged all my crystals out, dragged her out when she got here. We set out in the sun and um, it, was, it was probably like, it was amazing. It was it was incredible. I read all this stuff out to her. I said, look, do the download. Here's all the info. She went, oh my God, you just answered like pretty much all my questions. And I was like, brilliant. Um, what else have you got for me? So she gave me a couple more questions. We read for an hour and a half. I had her here for an hour and a half. And when she left, she actually grabbed um, a bunch of flyers of mine and she's giving them out to all her friends. And she and her husband are coming over today for um, healing each. So they're back to book to book, uh, back to back. Um, healing. Oh my God. And she's telling all her friends about me. So it was just a massive turnaround. And I was so proud of myself. And that's why I wanted to mention this because wow. Lauren and I, we talk about in this, in this segment about our biggest takeaways of the week. And I had so many, I couldn't choose. I mean, that was a massive one because I was terrified. But I sort of said, yeah. if I need to do this, can I just cancel? A lot of people just said, you know, just give her money back, just cancel it. And I was like, no, because I feel like I need to overcome this. I feel like I need to push through this so I can teach other people this is what you do to cope. You know, if you really feel like you want to sort of push yourself a little bit, then, you know, you can, and this is how you do it. And it is about listening to your guides. And my guide said, get out in the sun, get her outdoors, you know, do the reading out there. And it was awesome. Really, really awesome. So I was thrilled to bits, got to answer all the questions. And she's um, one of my regulars now, which is amazing. The other things that happened, uh, and I'm sorry, I know I'm going on a lot, but um, the, uh, I've been I love it. my novel. Keep going. So I got my mojo back with my novel and this is all about, this will actually be a really good segue into our episode today, comparisons helping or hindering, because sometimes we do compare. And what I was doing, I think with my novel is, you know, the ego is getting in the way where it was like, oh, there's so many better books out there. I've been reading a lot of young adult books to get some ideas. And I'm like, gosh, that book's so well written. Mine's not quite there. So there was a lot of comparison hanging on there with me. And every time I went to sort of read the criticism or the comments, you know, about what I'd written and, you know, during the editing process, I'd get really down on myself and be like, oh, that sucks, man. Like he doesn't like it and this and that. And then I just suddenly got this mojo kind of vibe where I was like, I need to get this thing done. I just need to get it done. You know, spirits jumped in and they're like, let's do this thing. So I'm like, right. So I'm up till midnight every single night. I haven't been working out in the morning because I've been up so late because once you get into the zone, you just have to keep doing it. 
And it always seems to happen at night when I finish my day. So I've been up really, really late, um, you know, just writing and writing and writing and editing. And I haven't had any ill feeling. Like I've been reading the comments and I'm like, oh, that's really helpful. Great. Yep. I can work with that and I can sort of sort it out. So I just know that I'm such a different place from when I left the company, made redundant, to now. I just feel like the ego just really doesn't play much of a role in my life. I know we all have it, but it just doesn't feel like it's governing me or guiding me or anything like that because I just feel like I can do it. I feel like I'm reading the comments now and I'm like, yep, that's great. You know, that's really helpful. And I wasn't like that before. So I'm really, really pleased, I think, with how far I've come and, um, you know, and with the reading um, and the card decks, I want to do card decks. I've spoken to Lauren about this before. I want to do my own Oracle decks. Um, and I was showing you sort of before Carl Gray and Lauren knows Carl Gray. I just got a new deck of his, but I wanted this on my own. And so I'm doing that with the publishing company. So I feel like I wanted to do that really badly. So I feel like I had to get the book through, which is what they're doing with me at the moment. And then uh, the card deck is next. So I've asked them about cards and card decks and whether they uh, do that. And um, I'm just waiting to hear back. I'm sure they do, but um, I've got an artist and everything lined up for that. So, and I'm just going to be channeling the meanings and the uh, actual images and things like that now. So I'm very excited, very excited. So it's so cool. It's all happening. It's so good. And you know, what's really interesting too, is like, I think you hit the nail on the head where, well, I mean, I guess you didn't really say it this way, but you know, you clearly weren't ready to get into your book before now. Yeah. And yeah. now you're ready. So you had to go through some kind of life journey. You had to go through yeah. some sort of process. This is really interesting because in the next episode, we're going to talk a lot about that. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things is that we know is that divine timing is everything. And sometimes we have to go through, you know, challenges or we have to invest in things to find out that they don't work for us or to right. kind of learn the lesson and then evolve from there. So I think that's a really big lesson that you just kind of explained, yeah, which is that you really wanted to do the book, but you weren't ready to do it. And then the minute you were ready now, it's like, it's easy and you're yes. flowing and yeah, and that's really important. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very late, but that's all right. Yeah. Cause that's when the inspo hits. And I think yeah. a lot of writers say that a lot of people who write for a living, they um, say that, you know, that the inspo sort of hits you in the evening when there's nothing else to do. No other distractions, Lauren. Anyway, what's been going on, dog mummy? What's been going on with you? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I was just going to add to that quickly that I remember listening to a conversation with Wayne Dyer and he was talking about how if you're ever woken at, you know, three or four in the morning or something like that, yes. especially if you're awoken consistently around the same time to get up and do something with that energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was, that was just worth mentioning there. Yeah. yeah so uh, before I talk about all things dog, I will say that the painters are done, which is awesome. I love my house. Hallelujah. So I don't have a, I know. Hallelujah. They were here for three weeks. So, um, basically every room in my house had a little bit of, well, sorry, every trim in the house, every trim baseboard, and then the surrounding had a kind of dark, green camo olive brown green around the whole thing and then the walls were a little bit yellow so it's pretty awful and now everything is white and it looks great so my partner's in the middle of replacing uh doing all the electrics because he's an electrician we're putting up all the art where we actually want it to go so it's starting to look like amazing a little bit more like my gallery home that i, I like and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So I just want to mention that. I also had a funny story that I thought I would share with you. Oh, which love is, the funny um, story, yes. 
Yeah. So I forgot to mention this last week. I don't know how I forgot. So we have a really long driveway. Okay. It's 250 meters. And actually what's interesting is there's a little road that goes to nowhere beside our property. So I actually run up and down it about um, eight to nine times. So it's about 4k. So, which is cool. Cause it's like right beside my house. It's still beautiful. Anyway. So my driveway is a long driveway. So when you're driving down it, there are sort of speed bumps in it kind of, but you drive slow. It's not a big deal. Now we've been having consistent rain, crazy, crazy, crazy amounts of rain here. And where I live, it's all red dirt, it's really intense soil. Um, everything grows. You like put anything in it and it grows. It's just amazing. But we don't actually have a, um, like a driveway. The driveway is sort of compacted rocks. Now the compacted rocks sort of ends when you get around the bend. When you get around the bend, you have to drive up and then you get in front of our place so you can't see the house from the driveway so anyway we get a um my partner organizes a plumber to come out because uh i i did invest in a puppy instead of hot water but now we're now i'm realizing that i really actually need hot water as well because it's that was not a good really idea. fun to have a good idea the puppy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lifelong <laughs> it's like i guess i can do it with something else um we're not having something else to have hot water anyway across that bridge so we got this plumber to come out and um, get a quote. So we're in the house. I don't know anything that's happened, by the way. I wasn't there. I only heard about this after the fact. So apparently the the painters and my partner were in the house and they could hear the plumber ripping down the driveway, like driving fast. Okay. Now in a normal property, when you've gone through a gate, a gate and everything, I just don't know why you would drive fast because you don't know if there's kids or dogs around. Like you just have no idea. So the guy's driving, ripping down the driveway. And apparently Gav said to the painters, he goes, uh, he really should slow down because it's slippery. Anyway, to make a long story short, when he came around the corner, he realized it was slippery, slid on the bank on the brakes and drove right into a tree. And he like, <laughs> smashed up the side of his car his like pretty new car and his window was hanging his mirror was hanging off of his car <laughs> and he drove right into our tree and he got stuck in like a little gutter area and he ended up, and ended up getting out of it and um my partner went, Lauren, uh, hang on. i'm ooh. just wondering i'm just wondering sorry to interrupt um you're laughing but i'm just because i'm thinking the listener at home is going to be going oh my god like is she a masochist like <laughs> this guy has oh, just right. had a serious oh. accident but is this like an okay, awkward laugh like a ah ha ha that's really uncomfortable uh, or what i don't know i guess like i think it's funny does that make me a bad person? I don't know. He didn't get hurt or anything. No, it's not funny that he damaged his car. I guess not. But it is also funny that he drove right, right into a tree at our house, like instead of going slow. I don't know. I guess okay, as long maybe as he wasn't injured. I mean, I guess funny. that's okay. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pissed off though. He was very mad. I, and he went and he ended he up not doing a quote. He just left and we haven't heard from Did him he? Yet. Did he? So... My partner's like, um, he went over and he went, ah, oh, is everything all right, man? And he's like, oh, and he was upset, of course. And he goes, I've got to go get this sorted out. And he just left and we never heard from him again. It's his own fault so, though. Wow. Okay. It's That's his own fault. Yeah. So, but I thought, well, maybe he took it as an omen, like this place isn't for him or something like that. Because <laughs> I thought, I don't really know if he, I, if he was if into I the woo -woo, Lauren. I don't know if he was into the woo-woo. <laughs> sure about that. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> 
Okay, so I, I don't want to talk too long about this because I've been working through a lot of stuff and I just feel that if I tell this story too long, it'll it's just not, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. So I've never had a baby and I've never had a puppy and I realize now that a puppy is a lot like a baby. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is actually a really good segue into the show today because one of the things that I was doing is I got George, he's absolutely amazing, he's sitting here sleeping beside me. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff, do's and don'ts, crate training, what to do, potty training, socializing, um, you know, stopping them from getting sick, all these sort of things. And I basically have had constant anxiety since I got them. And I didn't really realize that it was affecting me so bad until the, the, second day and I had a complete meltdown. And then the next day after that, I had a complete meltdown. I'm talking like bawling my eyes out about things to make a long story short. I have been keeping him in the house. I won't even let him go out on the grass because I'm afraid that I don't know the area enough. I don't want him to get sick. And so I kind of realized that I need to chill out and I need to allow the dog to be a dog and trust the process and that I don't need to do what other people have done, or I don't need to read and compare what I'm supposed to do or not, that I need to listen to what he wants to do and be guided by his direction. I notice that I have a lot of fear around protecting him and making sure he's safe. And, um, yeah, even talking about it now makes me emotional, but I guess it's because I want to do the right thing by him, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I've just been dealing with a lot of that. And then I thought that, you know, cause I read online, like I needed to wake him up every few hours to pee and stuff like that. So I wasn't sleeping like every two hours I was getting him up. Oh my God. And I was talking to my mom. No. And I talked to my mom. She goes, you don't need to do that. No, Your dog will let you know up. when he's ready to get out. Yeah. They can, exactly. And I went, I went, what? Yeah. So that's, so um, it's been two days now where I did that. I put him in his crate. I gave him a treat and he slept through the entire Puppies night. Like just sleep. He got up at, nonstop. That's yeah, crazy. He got up at four, but, but because I had read an article that I was supposed to wake him up in the night to go oh pee, God. that's what I was doing. So I thought, so see what I mean? So that's why like this show today is so good that mm. sometimes comparing yourself or comparing what you're supposed to do is, can be helpful and inspiring, mm. but sometimes it can be the, it can be the worst also, yeah, it can be a you know, because I'm reading it it can, I'm, I'm in a puppy group with a lot of American people and, you know, people are talking about parvovirus and all these things. I'm freaking out to the point where I don't want him to go on the grass at all. And then I realized, you know what, if I don't let him go on the grass in our own area where there's only been like one dog over a year ago and another dog neighbor dog that kind of traipses through, I mean, really the chances are so minute. The way that I also look at the world, Michelle, is that I do believe, and you know, for our listener at home, take this how you will, it's all good, it's my truth, but I do believe that we choose when we die, and I do believe that we have life lessons, and I do believe that when we're supposed to go, we're supposed to go, so by me trying to keep him locked up, 
is making going to make him a freak number one because he's going to be afraid of going outside he's going to be afraid of the grass he's not going to know how to go downstairs i know that you know the first few months are like really pivotal sorry pivotal pivotal times for his growth and his learning and so if i'm not giving him an opportunity to explore and the other thing too is when i got him from the breeder you know, it said the puppy needs to go to the bathroom on the grass. This is what he's used to and all this kind of stuff. Well, now I've been getting him to go on these puppy pads, which I don't like because it's I never like found that environmental. Yes. Yeah, no, well, he's working. So I'm just realizing that I need to let him go on the grass. What will be will be. I need to relinquish the control. And I've been doing a lot of present moment stuff, reading, like listening to my Eckhart stuff. And it's like, my brain can't deal with what's not happening now so if if he gets sick which he won't but if he did i would deal with it then i would deal with it then however i was meant to yeah and so because it's not good for me to just be constantly stressed about not doing the right thing so i think that has an adverse effect than the fluky you know, shit that's going on out, outside on the grass and like, yeah. So that's where I'm at um, with that. I think you can't prevent is the everything, cutest. can you? That's the thing. No. Sometimes you want to sort of prevent No, and you need to trust, this, right? That. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just going to happen sometimes. But um, a doggy door is a great invention because our dog and cat just go in and out all day. You know, we don't have to do anything. So um, you can teach them to use those. We have one already fun. built in to our oh. door so i'm that's what i'm gonna start. oh fantastic we already yeah, have yeah. one great. from the previous owner oh excellent yeah and um yeah and also so i put an ad up in my area and i said hey does anybody have any dog trainers i'm looking for because my partner saw that i was kind of dealing <laughs> having like a mental breakdown he goes why don't you get someone to come to the house and just see that you've set things up you know in the in a good way yep. and maybe yep. give some tips and tricks on things you can do and i was like okay that sounds good i like that idea so i put an ad up and then this guy messaged me and said that um he would come out for free because wow. he is trying to get experience of working with dogs and uh he said he breeds dogs and he's a dog trainer at a school but he's only really had about six months experience but he's really confident that he can help so i did tell him you know the kind of things that i wanted help with and then he said, oh, I realize somebody's written on your post. They have a lot more experience than me. I only have six months, but I'm really confident I can help you with the things you requested. And I thought, you know what? How else do people learn and grow if they're not given an opportunity? And I thought, if I'm not happy with any aspect of it, I'll just get this other person. Plus the other person who wrote on my post, I asked them to send me a direct message, not to write on the post, because I got too many notifications. I wasn't going to go back and check. So yeah, he's coming today at 11 and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to let the dog out. I went, let him go on grass yesterday and our listener at home, I'm about to stop talking about it, don't worry. But I just wanted to say this because I thought it was gross and also interesting that I am trying to keep him safe and I'm worried about Parvo and all this kind of stuff. And I really am changing the narrative on that. I know it's all good, it's all healthy. I'm not gonna manifest that or put that out there. So I know it's all good. But of course, the one little patch of grass I deemed safe, he found like kangaroo shit or something and was eating it. So like, it was like the one, 
area that I thought was going to be fine. So I was like, okay, it is what it is. I can't control everything. So I'm letting them go into another area and now through in and out through the doggy door. And I'm just going to trust God and just enjoy him. And Michelle, I love him so much. He is the most beautiful, funny, confident, little guy ever he is so gorgeous so i'll put um, a couple of photos on our instagram oh, stories as well and michelle when we're done i'll um oh i just realized he's i thought he was on my meditation pillow he's under the desk sleeping so i'll let you meet him um, before we, we get oh. done here so yeah i just thought that it was an interesting perfect segue into today's show about comparison mm-hmm. and uh, that we really do need to listen to our own truth and not always go with what we think we're supposed to do especially when we're you know people who feel who are clairknowing and all that that we need to feel what we need to do and not think and there's a really big difference there and I really was caught up mentally so I'm just kind of getting myself out of that now but well done sleeping through the night is helpful that's for sure yes not waking you dug up every two hours my god well, that's amazing, Lauren. Yeah. Um, so should we get into the show? Did you want to kick things off today? Because this is your your baby, essentially. Lots of babies. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I feel like I've been talking for too long, so I'll probably just kick it off in, in a bit of a short way. So I sort of kicked it off really with the dog story, you know, with George. I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this show is because, or this theme today, is because comparing is something that we do so often. And I really think that it can hinder or help us. And I think that it's really important to be able to discern whether or not when we are comparing ourselves to people uh, or, or status or whatever, you know, things that we have in our life, that we need to be aware whether or not that those thoughts are serving us or not. And I think that sometimes we get on kind of automatic pilot, Michelle, where we maybe are used to comparing ourselves to people. So we just do it automatically and do it all the time without kind of realizing that it's having an adverse effect to us, to our self-esteem and really stopping us from fully realizing our potential when we're kind of almost determined, almost like dependent on somebody else to do something for us to do it or to know what direction to head in and, and blah, blah, blah. So that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is kind of, you know, why do we compare? And I guess when I think about why do I compare or why, why have I compared in the past? I'll use George as an example. I guess it's because on some level, I think that people know better than me. And so if, you know, if people know better than me, then obviously I need to listen to them or compare myself to them. But I am somebody who, you know, has done a lot of self-development over the years and I trust my own self. So I guess it's like, why do I compare? It's because I think people know better than me, but then at the same time, I do know a lot of things. And so I wanted to, yeah, talk about that. So what are your sort of thoughts? on all of that. Why do you think that we compare and, you know, yeah, how can we stop? I mean, we're going to talk later about how we can stop, but why do we do it? Yeah. I think from my perspective, it it all comes back to ego. I definitely feel like it comes back to ego because 
you know, and that can either help or hinder us. I mean, the ego has a purpose. It's not like anything in our body, any of our responses, even anxiety, panic, they all have a purpose. You know, that was from caveman days when we had the big bear or the big whatever coming towards us and we had to decide if we're going to fight it or run away. You know what I mean? So all of this has a purpose. The ego does have a purpose. Um, But, you know, we can sort of look at someone, I think, and use them to either inspire or intimidate us. And I think that's the decision. That's that pivotal moment where you sort of see someone and you think, wow, you know, like Tony Robbins or Gabby Bernstein or someone like that. You look at them and you're like, that is such inspiration. You know, I love that person. You know, I want to do that. And then you start to try to emulate them or Oprah or you just find it massively intimidating and think, well, they're already doing it. They've got that covered. Um, I don't need to bother. You know what I mean? So we can either have amazing humans born out of that, you know, inspiration or we have people who just, you know, stifle themselves, keep themselves small and uh, never emerge, which is, is sad. You know, it's a shame. So I think the ego has a lot to do with it. Certainly when um, I had those ladies criticizing me on that Facebook live that night about my shuffling and talking too quickly, you know, there was uh, definitely lack of ego with that for me because I was like, well, that's hilarious and good on you. Um, I hope that you're, I hope that you're okay because um, there must be a fair bit of stuff going on with you guys that, you know, you feel like you need to um, criticize somebody else. And, you know, whether they were sort of comparing me to other people, whether they were comparing me to other mediums they'd seen and I'm a bit different, you know, that's a thing. Like I do have people come in and, and obviously that lady I spoke about at the top of the show, um, that was very challenging where perhaps potentially she'd had someone else she'd had a reading with and they just got straight into it. Bang, 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 answering all the questions. Fantastic. But we're not all the same, you know, and I do say that to people sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I may not be the same as the last person you saw but I do my best. And I was telling my group because I use that as an example. I told my group because a lot of the ladies in my group, the reason they're not doing it is because they're comparing. They're comparing to me. People are terrified. When I do mentorship and they try to do a card reading with me, they're petrified to say anything. They're like, oh my God, I'm reading from Michelle. That's terrifying. Rah, rah. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm here to inspire you. That's what I, I use that during my mentorship. I'm here to inspire you. I don't want you to compare because you're not the same as me. We're not going to read the same way. So I try to use that. I try to bring that in there. But, you know, like I said to, you know, the challenging person or the, you know, people who are criticizing me, you may have had different readings with other people. But the thing is, you know, if we have a reading like that where someone just goes, you know what, I'm just not really buying this. I'm not really into it. We give their money back. Worst case scenario, if someone just really doesn't like what we're putting down, we give their money back, you know, that's, that's the ultimate plan B. That's our escape route. That's our you know, exit stage left or out that way. Yeah. Um, we just give their money back. And that's what I said to my clients or my mentorship clients. Um, you know, worst case scenario, we give their money back and they go on and find someone else. I've never had to do that though. I've never had to do that. So, but it is always in the back of my mm-hmm. mind, worst case scenario, because sometimes you put so much pressure on yourself. Sometimes I sit here and I'm like, what am I going to say? What are they going to ask? You know, and I really work it up in my mind. I still do it, you know, not all the time, but sometimes, usually the first one of the day, get through the first one, then I'm good. But I do build it up in my mind and, you know, it's not helpful. So now I try to think about it like, well, um, you know, plan B, um, I can give their money back if they're not happy. You know, if they're not satisfied, that's cool. You know, end of story. So, uh, Lauren, have you got anything to sort of say or add to uh, that? Yeah, I think that, you know, very often when we are comparing ourselves to people and it's hindering us, you know, one of the reasons that it's hindering us is because it, I think it makes us feel less than 
It really does. And, and I know I agree with you totally that it's about the ego because, you know, the ego is always significant of whether or not we feel better than someone or we feel lesser than someone. So if you are feeling better or lesser than that's always an indication that you're dealing with your ego here. So when we are comparing ourselves to somebody else, we also are taken away from our own work. We're taken away from the moment. We're taken away from our own abilities and our own minds and our own feeling and our own thoughts about things. Because kind of like you were talking about, when we're looking at really powerful individuals, for example, like our girl Oprah or Gabby, you know, we might we might want to be emulating them, but when we emulate them, we're not being ourselves. And, you know, with Michelle and her like intense deck shuffling, I think it's awesome. I've never seen anything like it. And yet that's Michelle's style. And so if she was, if you, Michelle, were, you know, trying to copy or emulate other people, then you wouldn't have what you have, you would be, you know, fake in a way you would be comparing, comparing yourself to other people. And therefore you would be almost guarded. And in the work that you do, especially how can you do the work that you do without trusting your natural rhythm, without trusting your natural intuition and your natural way of doing things. So, you know, when we are comparing ourselves and one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of talk about the negatives of it is because in a little bit, we're going to talk about how to stop comparing ourselves, but we need to understand that when we do compare ourselves, it doesn't always help. It does hinder and it's distracting and it can also lead to poor quality work. It can lead to poor outcomes and it can lead to, you know, the fact that we're not being authentic when we're comparing, because all of a sudden now we have a haircut we wouldn't normally have, or we're dressing the way we wouldn't normally dress, or we're using words or language that we wouldn't normally use in our everyday life. And so now I think we're, you know, maybe going to talk about how it can help you, uh, unless you had a little bit more to talk about uh, the hindering. And then we will go back to the hindering though, for sure with me, because I am going to give you some ways on to how to stop comparison, comparing. I keep saying comparison. comparison. Yeah. I, I did just want to add to that because um, that was a really good point about, you know, the shuffling and stuff like that. And, you know, one, one example that popped in my head when you were saying that, because it is okay to sort of emulate and try to be like sometimes. And that's where we use it as inspiration. You know, I certainly, have watched a lot of uh, card readers and things like that. I did watch a lot before I started doing this to get some, um, you know, idea about how they did it and how they pulled it all together. I love to watch, you know, John Edwards when I wanted to get into platform, which I still do. I watched a lot of John Edwards to see how he did it, how he connected, you know, all of that to get a bit of inspiration. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's using it to, I guess, make you want to do it more, not less. Um, and certainly when I got into news reading, I didn't have any real experience uh, when I got my first full-time gig in Charleville in Western Queensland in Australia. Um, but I watched a lot of Sandra Sally on the TV. And when I started reading, I do have a naturally deep voice, but a lot of people were saying to me, oh my gosh, you sound like Sandra Sally. And it wasn't like I was wanting to be her, but I didn't know much about news reading. So I had to look at someone and I had to try to be a bit like that. And then as I got more confident, I developed my own style. So, you know, certainly with news reading, I did do a lot of comparison. That's why I got into it when I was 23, not, you know, 17 or 18, because I didn't know if I was going to be good enough, you know, and I had a stutter and a few other things. So I had to overcome a few things before I could do that. 
with the card reading and shuffling all of that, you know, when I'm in the zone and that's the thing, when that lady sort of commented about my speaking too quickly and all of that sort of stuff, when I'm in the zone, what I call the zone, it's where I have no control. So basically when I get into that place and Lauren's had a reading with me, so she'll understand this. When I get into that zone, I have no control and I'm literally just reading and I'm talking and it's all flowing and I've got no idea what's happening. Like it's totally out of my hands at that point. So when that lady said that yeah. to me, it kind of kicked me out of it a little bit. And I was like, what, what, do, what does that mean? You know, what is going on here? And I really thought about it. I put some real thought there, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I, I just really thought about why do I do that? Why do I speak so quickly? And I talked to some of the, my clients, my mentorship clients, and they said, Michelle, it's because you're in your zone. It's because you're in the zone and you're channeling. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. But I guess I hadn't really thought about it. It was mm-hmm. just this sort of thing that I get into, you know, and I didn't really think about it. So it actually put some thought there, which was kind of cool. So, you know, you're also was, a direct speaker. Yeah. Yeah. That's you just because you're reading really sensitive content. I mean, you have learned from that. I think you, you also yeah. have had opportunities where you've like softened and slowed and stuff, but yes, you are who you are, like, mm. but not everyone's going to connect with you, which is fine. Not everyone's yeah. going to connect yeah. with me, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, we think they're crazy, but anyway, yeah, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get it personally, but, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> We just have to accept that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did stall for a long time before kicking off my career and I only got into it because I was made redundant because really I just felt like other people could do it better. You know, I was comparing, I was sort of thinking, oh, look, you know, look at Amanda to Warren. You know, she's a good friend of mine. She's an animal communicator, but I mean, she's, you know, a lot older than me and she's been doing it for a hell of a long time and she's excellent. And, you know, but I, I did sort of think, well, you know, can I do it? You know, why can't I do it? And when I was made redundant, I really have a choice, but what I was going to say is remember that lady that called me, she'd found me on natural therapy pages and she rang me and she was, um, she lived on the sunshine coast, Yeah. but she was like, uh, hello. Um, I really would like to know how long you've been doing this for. How many years experience do you have? And I was saying to you at the time yeah. when I tell, told you that I could have like gone down the path of, well, I've been doing this part time, you know, for seven or eight years and this, that, and the other thing. And I've got all this experience and all these reviews and whatever, whatever. But I just, I told the truth and I said, look, I've been doing this full time for six months, which is the truth. I've been doing this full time for six months at that point. And she hung up and I never heard from her again. And, you know, the old me, I think the old me would have been like, said that, you know, I've been doing this part time for this long. I've been Mm. this, I've got that, I've got this experience, I've got this person, I can get this person to call you and tell you how great I am. Um, All these things. But I was just like, I just can't be bothered. You know, I can't be bothered. And I didn't feel like, I mean, at that point and still, you know, I'm very busy and I don't need to worry about, you know, attracting new clients anyway. So it just didn't, you know, it didn't sit well with me and I just didn't want to say that. So I felt like, you know, she'll go off and find someone who's more like Amanda Warren or more of that sort of caliber and that's totally okay. But what I do say to my clients, my mentorship clients is it doesn't matter. You know, you could have been doing this for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years or two minutes and you could be just as good. You know, it's just about your connection yeah. and about getting in your zone. So the comparison in, in that sort of situation uh, with my, you know, people I'm working with and trying to get them into the industry, comparison isn't helpful unless they use it to inspire. And so it's getting over that little hurdle. And that's when I, when I get over that hurdle, I know, because all of a sudden they're doing it, you know, and it's really, really awesome for me as a teacher to see that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you hit the nail on the head. If you are comparing and it's not inspiring you, then you need to stop doing it. Correct. That's it's not helpful. Yeah. And 
Exactly. And so in tools to improve your life, I will talk about how to stop comparing. However, I will say that when we are using comparison for inspiration, that is so important. And I will say, I actually have a comment on that. I remember I was listening to Gabby Bernstein talk about something. She was talking about how there was a period of her life where she was listening to a lot of different speakers. I think she was uh, talking about Wayne Dyer or something like that. Maybe Marianne Williamson, I can't remember. And she said she started almost talking like them. She was saying things that they would say and ways that they would say it. And she realized that she needed to almost put all that away and just be who she was. And I think that that's really important that when we're looking at people to inspire us or, um, you know, to maybe show us different ways of doing things to show that, that there is, you know, this possible opportunity for us because someone else has done it or gone before us. I mean, we can use them as inspiration for that. Holy, but there's going to come a time when you do need to do what I'm doing with my dog, although I am getting a dog trainer in today, but still where I'm learning based on my own intuitive feeling and also what he, he is telling me what, you know, listening to his cues and, and that sort of thing. And I think that it's really important that when you are comparing yourself and you are using it for inspiration that once you're inspired that you take some time to be inspired and work with that in your own way and put your own spin on it because people don't need another Oprah and another Gabby and another Wayne and another Michelle and another Lauren they need you they need you to be who you are and your authentic voice and your gifts and so when we're talking about comparing and using it for inspiration it really does allow us an opportunity to show us you know maybe what we want maybe even how to get it, how to get there, following a blueprint, things like that. When we see what others have, it might give us an indicator of what's possible for ourselves because nobody is better than anybody else. And a lot of people in high positions like Amanda DeWarren or people who have worked really hard in their positions, they've done the time, they've done the work, and that's why they are where they are. So everyone is able to do the same thing. And then I will say, and I've said it on the show before, that I don't believe that we ever come up with an idea that we're not able to execute ourselves. You know, I don't sit here and desire to be an NBA player or a supermodel. That's not what I want. It's not in line with me. I'm not going to achieve that. But the things that I do want to achieve, I know I'm fully capable and supportive to be able to do that. So I just wanted to, uh, yeah, just essentially throw that in that basically once you are inspired to kind of understand when you've been inspired enough and almost put that aside while you kind of, you know, take advantage of that and, and explore what's next. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and I, I think we're, we're very similar. It's funny because we don't prepare our notes together, but a lot of the time they do sort of overlap and coincide very, very well. And we've sort of chosen, I guess, the same direction, similar direction, but for me, I mentioned my novel earlier and I've been sort of getting that mojo back, you know, to really write. And I was sort of saying at the top of the show that, you know, the ego, I believe, was really holding me back because I was taking it very, very hard. All the comments and constructive criticism that I received during mm -hmm. this publishing and editing process, I was taking it very, very hard. And every time I tried to read the comments, I felt like I was getting knifed in the heart. It just was really, really hard to go through that. And so it's been taking a long time. But then all of a sudden I got this sort of real drive to do it. I'm opening them. I'm reading the comments and I'm like, wow, this is so helpful. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, this is so great. And it's just a completely different attitude. And I think sometimes you just have to wait for 
the ego to pass, you know, for you to do a little bit more growing, you know, that sort of thing to get in the right headspace to read the comments and see them for what they are. And they are actually very, very helpful, but I didn't feel that way the first time I did this. So um, I've been writing for lots of many years. I've had ideas for books, you know, since I was a girl, since I was a teenager, but I was always too scared to sort of take that next step, which is the publishing. And so I'd always um, had the manuscripts. I've got like seven or eight manuscripts sitting around the house and, um, and just never got to it. But um, I do want to say that it, recently I did a reading for a gentleman. He's in spirit um, and I read for his daughter. It was a very, very good reading. And her father came through and he talked about in the drawers, there's something very personal in the drawers. He was pulling out the drawers trying to show me this personal thing. And it's something to do with documents. And she said, well, he's got a manuscript. He wrote a book, but he never published it. So the manuscript is sitting there and he passed away. Now his mm-hmm. wife, her mom is actually getting the book published, but he was telling me through the reading and I knew he was really speaking to me, not so much to her, but he was telling me during the reading, you need to do it before you die. You need to do it before you die. Mm-hmm. And the mojo really kicked Oh, that gave that me reading. shivers. Yeah, the mojo really kicked in after that reading because I hadn't really, even, you know, while I was sitting here talking to you, it only really just kicked in that that was what happened because I wasn't sure where it came from. All of a sudden, I've like, I've got to finish it. I've got to finish it. I've got to finish it. And I've got a real bee in my bonnet about it. And I feel like it came from that gentleman um, because he's not going to be able to sort of see the, the finished product or physically hold it. He can see it. He can't physically hold it. So, you know, I really felt like that was when my mojo kicked in. So that's why my readings inspire me. And that's why I love to do my job. So Lynn, my mentor, who taught me pretty much everything I know, a lot of what I know, she actually did all of this first. She managed to quit a full-time job uh, when she was transitioning into her spiritual career. So she's done it all before me. She was a bit of a trailblazer and she was terrified. She told me through the whole process, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm worried about money. I'm all the things that I've had to now go through. She's already done it. So I knew that she'd done it and she was okay. I knew she was doing her own business. She's really happy now. She's got lots of clients. You know, she's doing mentorship, you know, all these wonderful things. And she did it first. So when I was made redundant, she was on my mind a lot. And had I compared, I mean, she's been in the industry a lot longer than me as well. She's got a lot more experience than I do. But there's no ego with her at all. So she, and you've met Lynn. So she um, is just such a fabulous lady. And I think that that has really allowed me because if I had someone who was very egotistical mentoring me, I think it would have been very different. And I may not have been able to take that step, but I knew that she could do it. She was very down to earth. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. So she really inspired me through that whole journey into my spiritual career. But also she published a book. So she wrote a kid's book and uh, based on her granddaughter and her experience seeing spirit. And she actually went through the same publishing company that I went through. We spoke to them on the podcast, Ocean Reef Publishing. And that was so inspirational because she did it ahead of me. And I was like, well, you know, again, if she can publish a book, I can publish a book. And that's who I used to inspire me to actually get my book, um, you know, in that publishing sort of phase. It's not out there physically yet, but um, yeah, she did the same thing. So I went through the same publishing house as well, um, just because that's who she'd been through and she had a really great experience and they're quite spiritual. So um, yeah, that's why I chose um, Ocean Republishing as well. So yeah, um, super inspired, Lauren. This is a very inspiring show, isn't it? Um, anyway, tools to improve your life. I think you're, yes. you've got a few things to say about that. It's like, yeah, we're inspiring ourselves, but yeah. um, it's good. I love it, and and I think that you know sometimes we don't take time to think about these things. You know, that's it. We just sort of go through the motions sometimes without recognizing there is, um, you know, like you said, there's divine inspiration that's that's coming at us or 
yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, tools to improve your life. So basically I wanted to suggest a couple things for our listener at home in case they are comparing themselves and even, you know, just I'm taking this advice myself. So number one, stop. <laughs> when you notice your mind going around and around and around, and it's like comparing or telling you all these things that you should do, could do, need to do, blah, blah, blah. It's really important that we stop. One method that I was uh, reminding a client of mine the other day that works really, really well is if we actually just stop and we try to pay attention to the silence around, even if you're listening to music or there's noise around you, if you actually just take a moment and you listen to the silence behind the noise, it's really deafening and it's really powerful. And when you do that, that helps you to quiet your mind and come back to center. Because when we are not in the present moment, when we are not quiet, our mind is running around in circles, like a cog on a machine, around and around and around and around. And we really need to just stop, quiet our thoughts, and then sort of restart. So the other thing too, when we're talking about comparison, comparing is making sure that we're clear on why we're comparing. You know, why am I comparing? Am I doing it to make myself feel bad, to punish myself? Or am I doing it to feel better and, and get uplifted? You know, when I listen to people like Gary Vee, I get motivated. I don't compare myself to him. I get hella motivated to go and do my thing. You know, whereas if I'm watching somebody else, very often for me, comparing is a lot about body image issues. Um, mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I actually left social media a long time ago was because I was comparing myself to how other people my age look or have aged, you know, I might see someone that I haven't thought about in a long time. And then all of a sudden I'm creeping on their profile and looking at all the things that they're doing. And, you know, maybe there's some part of me comparing myself to them. So I just decided to eliminate that years and years ago because I knew it wasn't for me. So when you are paying attention to whether or not something is for you, you need to pay attention to how you're feeling about it. Do you feel good after you're scrolling through your Facebook friends and your social media newsfeed? If not, you need to stop following those people. You can unfollow them without unfriending them. Although if they're not people that make you feel good and lift you up, you do not need to be friends with everybody and maintain relationships with everybody. I mean, God, we are getting older and older and our time is more precious. And I believe that we need to spend a lot more time alone getting to know ourselves and we do getting to know other people and their ideas. Uh, although there are valid, I'm not saying that's not the case, but I do believe that a lot of my own truth is all that I need to know uh, just to re remember it or to relearn it. So again, if you are comparing yourself and you're torturing yourself and you're feeling less than, just stop it. Stop the behavior. Just decide that you don't want to do that to yourself anymore, punishing yourself in that way. And know that you don't need to. The other thing too is if you are wanting to be inspired, if you are wanting to, you know, compare yourself to people or be, um, you know, encouraged to try new things, get a mentor like Michelle talked about. Michelle's a fabulous mentor. I'm a fabulous mentor. There are tons of them out there. Listen to podcasts, listen to books, listen to inspirational videos. And then once you've gotten what you need to know, run it always through your own filter, of course, and then take the time out to really explore and figure out, well, what do I think within this, knowing this information or this inspiration? Now, how can I put my own spin on it? Become, you know, you know, speak with my authentic voice. The other thing too is ensuring that you're choosing the right people in your corner and trusting your intuition. So 
when you are thinking about who are the people in my corner, who are the people that are surrounding myself with, even people in books and podcasts and things like that, you know, do they feel good to me? Trust your intuition, trust your instinct on that. If somebody doesn't feel good to you, unfollow, block, stop reading them, stop writing their, listening to their content, blah, blah, blah. If it's negative, get it gone. And then, as I've said before, listen to your own truth, take space and listen to your own truth. And I know that you always come out on the right end. Yeah. That's fantastic. I've written down a whole bunch of what you just said, Lauren, that was uh, really, really good. And I wanted to remember that um, really good quotes and good takeaways for our listener at home, which is what, uh, what we aim to do. Um, much along the lines of what we were saying earlier, Lauren, I just wanted to use uh, some more, um, I guess, here uh, tools to improve your life for me is comparing and working towards being a better you, I guess. And so it's like being inspired, but use a comparison to work, work towards being a better you or the best you um, is what I want to say. So I've got a lot of people in my line of work who've been chosen to do something really amazing. And, you know, there can be some comparison in that industry. It's a holistic industry, it's spiritual, but people do compare to each other and, and there are um, sometimes egos and things like that that come in. And reading for my pranic teacher, uh, which I did a little while ago, was one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And I was actually terrified because I do compare, you know, to him. I think, my God, he's amazing. He's one of the best healers I've ever been to. Like, he's just amazing, amazing teacher, all of this stuff. And I was really nervous, like really nervous to read for this guy. It was one of the best readings I've ever done, hands down. That's not ego. That's the truth. And what was really cool about it was that the masters actually came through. So the pranic energy masters, his teachers that he learned from actually came through. And what I found out in that uh, reading is that we all have an individual purpose. We all have a purpose to achieve certain things. That is my belief. So when the guides come through and when the masters come through and all of that sort of stuff, and they start to give information to this person that is personal to them, sometimes they won't even give me all the information because I am not supposed to know that. It's like classified, if that makes sense. So sometimes they will say to the person, get ready. You're going to do a lot of downloads. You're going to have dreams. You're going to have visions. You're going to have all the information coming into that way because I'm not the one who's meant to put that into practice. You know what I mean? So it's like, they don't want me to know all the information. They'll give bits and pieces. He may understand bits and pieces right. of what that is. But what actually happened was the masters came through and they, they gave him information about things and practices that they had been developing and never finished. And they had wanted him to finish it. So much like the gentleman who wasn't able to publish his book, he was getting his family to publish it for him. They knew that he wanted to do it and they're going to do it in his honor. So same story with the masters. It's like they were working on certain projects. They didn't get to finish before they died. And they, in the reading, told Paul about, and there were things I was saying that I had no idea what I was talking about. And he goes, I totally know what that means. And I, I understand I've got, to, I've got to do this. I've got to finish it for them. So now mm-hmm. he's finishing these projects on behalf of the masters uh, in the form of teaching that I do. So you know, that's, that's really amazing and such a, such a privilege. And I'm so glad because, you know, for me, I was very scared going into that and I thought, oh, geez, you know, but I managed to overcome that, that fear of reading for someone that I really admire because um, there's a comparison there to be able to bring through those amazing messages. And had I, you know, let that get the better of me, I may not have been able to bring the messages through. I may not have been able to connect, connect to those guides. Um, and they are guides, you know, they're masters, they're ascended. So they're, um, you know, they, they were just so inspirational to speak to and, and to bring that message through. So I'm really pleased. That was a big, big deal for me. Um, so I'm pretty proud of myself to be able to have um, done that and uh, really enjoyed that connection with Paul. Now, uh, Lauren, it is time for the party element. And that is brought to you this week by mm-hmm. my business, which is Michelle, our price, the light worker. 
And I do do a lot of different things. As Lauren alluded to, I am a mentor as well, which I love doing. I'm also a novelist. I do write. Uh, but in terms of my business, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm also a teacher. I'm a master. So I do teach and I do readings. I'm an Oracle card reader. I've got a beautiful uh, new deck, which I love, Kyle Gray. I may even put that into the show notes. It's really lovely. Uh, so new cards and I'm also a medium. So I connect to past over loved ones as I have spoken about in the podcast already. So Michelle, I price the light worker. You'll find me on Facebook and other social media sites as well. If you would like to connect, get a reading or anything like that, I do do a lot of my work on zoom as everyone does these days. So you connect with me over zoom, or if you're on the sunshine coast in Queensland, Australia, we can connect, um, face to face. Love to do that. And all the details are in the show Perfect. notes. Now, Lauren, you're going to kick off the party element today. Yes. So the party element is basically a little bit of homework. Uh, I might not sound like party, but it's definitely a party in the long term. Yeah, that was so a, bit what of a flat like party. It's like, congratulations, they're going to party. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. This is lamest Can party. Can I have my money ever. back? Yes. No. So basically, I exactly. I want to encourage you to write down a list of the things that you're doing in your life that support and encourage you. So if you're comparing yourself, but it's inspiration, um, you know, write down some of those mentors, those figures, that content that you really like, write it down. And then on the other side, write down the things that don't support you and pay attention. You know, when you're going through your socials, is there something on there where you go, Ooh, that doesn't feel good, but I can't stop watching or that that's not helpful, but I can't stop doing it and decide that, you know, maybe coming out the other end is actually going to be better. Maybe coming, um, you know, into your social channels and I'm using those as an example because it's a pretty common thing that a lot of people can relate to is, you know, when you're inspired after getting off your phone, that's going to be totally different than feeling down and feeling bad about yourself. So have a list of the things that don't support you and then make a note to unfollow, unfriend social accounts, people that don't lift you up and don't make you feel good. The important thing to notice is that, you know, if you want to have the best life possible, full of joy, full of joy, full of inspiration. And you want to get those amazing ideas and you want to do the work and you want to write the book and you want to develop these gifts that you really need to get out of the victim position. And the victim position is always where you're going to end up if you're constantly comparing yourself to others. So the party is essentially to put yourself first, to understand that you don't need to have that as your truth and that you can create a new narrative. So that's it. Beautiful. Love that. Now I just wanted to add a bit of a recommendation and inspo as well. I bring it back to you is what I want to say here. We're talking a lot about comparison and that sort of thing. Bring it back to you. And I think that's where the inspiration happens when we come out of ourselves too much. And we're just looking at Oprah and looking at Tony Robbins or whatever it is. And it's like, Oh gosh, you know, they're so great. They're so great. They're so great. What I want people to think about is this is a reflection. So when you see an amazing quality or even a negative quality in someone else, I like to use people as a mirror. So it's like use others as a mirror. When you have that, you know, when I say to Lauren, my God, you're so beautiful today. You're just glowing. It's like, see that in yourself as well. Um, when you compare yourself to anyone, you know, if I walk up to someone and, and just say, gosh, you know, you're very good at communicating, you know, maybe that's something that I want to work on in myself. Um, if I'm critical of someone and just think, oh, gee whiz, you know, um, I really don't like the way that they um, spoke to that other person. Am I speaking to people in that way myself? Can I use that myself, you know, to reflect? 
And it can be, you know, everything's clear in hindsight. Absolutely. Like I look at myself back in the day when I was, you know, taking criticism very, very hardly uh, or, you know, harshly. And then now like when I'm reading these comments, I feel like a different person. I just look at them and I'm just going, that's so helpful. I never saw it that way before. And it's so interesting how things change, you know, as you grow and develop. But I really like to use people as that mirror because it's like whatever I see in you is generally in me. If I see something negative in you, then I might um, have to do a little bit of self-work in me. And that's the whole triggering Mm -hmm. thing. You know, when you get triggered, it's like I can go away and I can do that work, you know. So use others as a mirror. Bring it back to you. Try not to focus too much on what other people are doing all the time. It's good to have that as inspiration, but always bring it back to you. How does this fit with me? What can I do with myself? How can I grow further, you know, and develop myself? So come back to you and your special gifts. Reflection is key for me. Uh, And that's where I want to finish that, Lauren, that thought. Um, Great episode today. I think there's a lot of really amazing takeaways in that. Um, So well done. Well done to both of us. You too. Yeah, yeah, well done to both of us. Yeah, so on the next podcast, this is yeah. going to be very, very cool. We only just discussed this at the beginning of the show, but as Lauren sort of talked about earlier, we have been really looking at, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, is it serving us, can we do it better, all of that sort of stuff. And so we're actually using that to inspire us in our next podcast or next episode, which is going to be about pivoting our podcast. We like the alliteration, mm-hmm. pretty pleased with that and mm-hmm. how that turned out. But we are looking at doing a bit of a pivot. So really honing this, uh, you know, what we're doing, what we're putting out there. And I know a lot of my spiritual followers are listening to the podcast and are following us uh, quite closely, that we do want to grow the audience as well. And so we're going to be talking about that in our next episode about how we're pivoting and how we're sort of giving birth to something a little bit different, which is kind of cool. So, and we may also do a live. We're thinking about doing a Facebook live to maybe discuss this in more detail as well. So We'll yeah. uh, have details about that. But if you follow us on Facebook, hopefully you do, you'll be able to see us when we, uh, when we put that up on, um, online. So Perfect. that'll be our next podcast. And yeah. Lauren, that has been the Business in the Front. Party in the Back podcast. If you and loved, if you loved it. Week, yeah. Uh, then please tell all your friends, followers, family. And if you have your own podcast, um, let us know. You know, if you think that you're doing something super well, let us know, get in touch. And uh, maybe you've got some tips for us because it's all about inspiration, not comparison so much. Um, We want to help, not hinder. So if you're doing this as well, let us know and uh, maybe we can learn something. Maybe we can uh, grow uh, from that lesson. And Lauren, if they weren't so much a fan uh, necessarily of what we were uh, putting out there today, what should the listener at home do? They should definitely listen to the next episode because it's pretty cool. Pivoting your podcast, I mean, what does it mean? Is there going to be something that's more conducive to their to what they like or not? That's it. You got to wait and see. It's a bit of a mystery. Bit of a mystery. I love that. Yeah. Leave it open ended. I love that very much. Uh, thank you, Lauren. That's been a joy, and I'll talk to you next week, girl. Yes, sounds good. Thank you.